This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3236 for Monday the 28th of December 2020. Today's show is entitled, The State of Linux Audio Apps in 2020. It is the first show by new host Pat from the Linux Link Tech Show, and is about 52 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, Patrick Davila and Claudio Miranda discuss the current State of Linux Audio application in 2020. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Welcome. This is Pat Davila of the Linux Link Tech Show. I'm with my good friend, Claudia Miranda. Claudia, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing, Pat? It's been a long time since we talked. You know, you, I remember where you and Chad used to do your show, and it was very enjoyable. I used to listen to it all the time, and uh, I miss you guys. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I know. Time, time flies, doesn't it? It's, it's Indeed it does, yeah. Everybody's gotten older, have less hair, kids <laughs> yeah. are bigger, so, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is, is right. But uh, we've got good things to talk about today. Today we're talking about the current state of Linux audio production in 2020, going into 2021. And I have to say, I am happily surprised where everything is now. It's, uh, it's much better than what it used to be, in my opinion. It's much more usable. Uh, a lot of the software is more mature. A lot of the new software is really exciting and really usable, and uh, that, that seems to be my impression right now. Yeah, I have to agree. It definitely has come a long way. Uh, I think the last time, I mean, I've been using it here and there uh, within the past 10 years, but uh, since I really was into it uh, early on, uh, I would say about like 2010s or around that time, it to today it's come a long way quite a long way and uh, the development of a lot of the software has matured so much like you said it's it's very impressive and uh you, we're starting to see a lot of people take notice of of uh audio on linux i mean it's still it's got a way to go it's still not perfect but it's gotten a lot better yeah yeah i mean we still have the issues of having multiple sound servers and having to connect all the pieces with uh, jack and whatnot but in Pulse and, and, and you know whatever sound services are running, but it, it seems to be much more usable. Like, uh, you know, when I first started getting into Linux, the first application I got into was Audacity, which is a fa- fairly simple uh, audio recording software. You know, you could do multi-tracks, you can import files. A lot of podcasters use it. It's free. It's fairly easy to use. Uh, when I was doing uh, the MidTV cast with Dan Fry, I was I got into using uh, Ardor. And for podcasting, it was, it was, it was really good. The sound quality was excellent. It was fairly, the interface was fairly comparable to other digital audio workstation software that was, you know, commercial and also free. You know, they, they kind of had the same look. They're, they're mimicking, you know, basically a, a mixing board in a digital sense. And it's, you know, but, um, but it's been a few years since I used that. I'm going to say maybe, maybe five or six years ago was the last time I looked at it. 
So the reason why I, I decided to check everything out again is um, I've, I've gotten into playing guitar a little more now than I used to. And, cool. Uh, yeah, and now I want to start recording some ideas that I have. So I started looking out there, and uh, I, I looked at some of these commercial applications like Cubase or, or you know Logic or whatever, and uh, it's really expensive. You're talking six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars just for the software, and it it seems to do the same thing that our our door does. And, and to me, I might as well just go with that, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, it's been a while since I've looked at a lot of commercial stuff. Um, on my end, it's been more, you know, uh, not so much of the like the digital audio recording, but more of the um, MIDI playback and sequencing kind of thing. Uh, right. Back in the day. You're a keyboard player. Yeah, yeah, I play keys. Uh, so for me, back in the day, I mean, we're ta- I'm talking about like 20 years uh, I messed around with a lot of the proprietary stuff, but because that's what was available at the time, uh, you know, we either on a Mac or on Windows. Right, you use whatever uh, worked at the time. Right, and I would use uh, like my my go to application uh, was Master Tracks Pro, uh, which was relatively cheap back in the day. Uh, you know, it was just all it did was sequencing, and it was very good at it, and it's very very easy to use. Uh, you know, and, and and I had worked done a lot of these. I used that for a very very long time until the point where they well the company I I think they got bought out. Uh, Passport Designs, I think it was the name of the company. They got bought out by another company, and I think another company. And you can still purchase the software. Um, you know, in instances where you might need to use that, but at this point, it's kind of not the same um, as what you would get uh, with uh, other software that's, you know, that's available or even available within the last 20 years. So it's, it's started to show its age. Uh, but I did get interested in doing, because I was working a lot on the Mac side, uh, mainly working with, uh, I used to use a lot of GarageBand after that, because it kind of gave me that same feel that I had in MasterTrux Pro. And uh, from there, once I left the Apple platform, I was like, well, you know, I, I, want to continue working on music and I would love to do it in Linux. Um, and I would search. I mean, I remember by the time I was looking at that, uh, Ubuntu studio kind of debuted. Uh, I had tried that actually. I installed the power PC version on, a on a, on the iMac G5 I used to have and it worked. It, it, it did what I needed it to do, but I would encounter a lot of issues. Uh, and I don't know if it's just, uh, the software at the time or even the hardware, um, the Linux kernel really wasn't focused on real time, uh, uh, you know, low latency kind of stuff. So you get a lot of, uh, you know, especially if you're using Jack, you get a lot of what they call the X runs and, uh, you know, it would just be dropouts in, in, in the, the data transfer and it would just throw everything off sync or it would crash the programs. And, and half the time I spent more time trying to troubleshoot stuff than I did working on music. Yeah, that's, kind of, um, that's but, kind of besides the point. You want to be able just to create, get into the workflow. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, but I mean, as time passed, you know, processors got a lot faster. Uh, I'd throw more cores into the into the mix. And, and you know, I still, like right now, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a uh, Core i5 uh, laptop. Um, and it's got eight gigs of RAM. And I was actually started to work some, on some stuff uh, this past weekend. Uh, actually, Thanksgiving. I was like, let me fire it up because it had been a while. And uh, I started, yeah, I, I, I went ahead and I loaded up Q-Tractor, which has been my go-to since uh, for a while now, as a matter of fact. Um, 
I had, uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, uh, yeah, so most of what I used, I was trying to find a good uh, sequencer that uh, that would do pretty much what GarageBand did for me and what Mastertrax did for me. But the nice thing about, uh, you know, I wanted something that could also do audio in the event that I needed to do audio. So I looked at, I looked at, um, was it Rose Garden and MuseScore, but I could never get them to work correctly. Um, and then I came across Q-Tractor, and I think it was uh, Klaatu from uh, GNU World Order who had mentioned Q-Tractor at some yep. point. And, and, and that's where I started messing with it. I know I found it, uh, that it was in the repositories for the Linux distro I was using at the time. And I gave it a try, and it, it was a lot better to use for me. I was able to get some, some music done, and you know, granted there were some issues here and there, but aside from that, I did get actual music done, and it felt good, finally. I could say I got music going on, on a Linux platform, so you know, I can work on some music creation and stuff. So. Now, and, are, you, and, are you using drum machines in Q-Tractor, or just synths with the sequencing? Well, with Q-Tractor, I'm using, I was using, um, I was using the soft synths I, I, that were in the repository. Um, one that I was using was, at the time, it was called Zinad SubFX. Uh, but then I started using uh, a fork of that one called Yoshimi. Uh, I felt it worked a little better, and it was less crashy <laughs> than, uh, than Zinad SubFX at the time. But I hear that it's actually uh, improved. I guess the development picked up on it again. So yep, yep, yep. there's that those two. It's usable. Since, since, uh, now the, the new player on the block with the software since is Odin 2, which is fantastic. Yes, I, I, I agree with you totally. I actually installed it on, I installed it on Thursday, on, on Thanksgiving. I installed it uh, on Thanksgiving uh, night. Didn't have anything to do. We were waiting for dinner and whatever, so... I was like, let me try this out. And I, I, it's, it wasn't in the repositories. I did have to download the, um, the manual installer, but it worked. Uh, I went ahead, I installed it, uh, installed the, the, um, the, uh, the, the sound fonts everywhere where it needed to be, um, you know, the presets. And and the because um, I think it comes with a VST and it comes with an LV2 yes. uh, plugin. Yep, and so it works. It installed both. Yeah, it, it and works. it works. And I was so impressed with that. I was messing around. I actually did it, whipped up a quick little acid track. Uh, <laughs> I was messing around yesterday. I was playing around with a filter and stuff. And because I was trying to see if I can get something to um, to remap the the mod wheel to control the filter right, right. on some of the synths. And I couldn't get it done with. Uh, I was using Fluid Synth, but Fluid Synth is a sample playback, so it really wasn't going to work there. But I haven't tried it on any of the others, uh, like AM Synth or um, or Yoshimi, like I mentioned. Uh, but going back to your question, yes, I actually have used the drum machine. I've used uh, Hydrogen uh, for drums, and I managed to find a couple of other sound sound uh, uh, you know drum patches for it. Um, some electronics, a few other ones that are free that are online free. I where they are, I have no idea. I got to look up the, the links and everything. I know we're kind of doing this on the fly, but uh, uh, if anything, I'll uh, go ahead and provide the links uh, depending on uh, where this gets uploaded. But uh, right, right. I was, yeah, yeah. It's what, what I'm looking to do as a guitar player and a bass player is I I want to get some song ideas down. I want to put some some drum machines on there for rhythm. Maybe throw in some keyboard pads or a pagiator or something like that. You know. Just backgrounds, maybe some pipe, you know, background stuff, fill out the sound. So f from that perspective, the Odin 
you know, just going through the presets, there's a lot of usable stuff on there, synths and, and strings and just pads and stuff. It really, really good sounds. Yes, I did. I did play around with some of the presets, and yes, the 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 patches that they've got are like professional quality patches. Like, not to knock on Yoshimi or any of the other ones, uh, but some of those patches are a little rough, if you know what I mean. Um, they don't sound bad, but they're not that great. So you kind of have to tweak them a little more, a little bit, or you just create your own. Um, you know, but the, and and that's the thing is. I've messed around uh, doing like uh, you know sound design and 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 programming patches and stuff on synths, and that can take up a lot of time. So <laughs> you really have to dedicate some time to that. But if you can get some good decent um, presets that are ready to go that you can pick through and just get the you know just get the 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 creation flowing, I mean that's that's what matters. And I think Odin definitely has that. Because I, I started messing around with some of the patches there. Really nice stuff. Yeah. I mean, I have to be honest, you know, uh, MIDI's been available since, what, like the mid-80s for keyboard players? And you guys have the ability to pull up all these, you know, sequences and samples and use all these amazing sounds. You know, back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s, you know, keyboards would either have, like, analog synthesizers like a Moog. Or, or something like that, yeah. or they would do something like a Mellotron where we're basically uh, tape loops, and the stupid mm-hmm. each time you hit the key, it was actually playing a tape loop. Yep, yep, and, and I remember reading about those and uh, how difficult it was actually to uh, uh, do maintenance on them because of the fact that they had the tapes, uh, actual tapes, looped. Because uh, I think that there were instances where, similar to like what would happen with a cassette tape, the tape gets caught in something or it gets damaged, and you know it's it, it's messy. But that that's all they had back then. So you know it was and and it had an interesting sound too. It had its own unique sound, just Very like yep. just like the and like the Hammond organs. Uh, you know, put it yep. run them through a Leslie, and and it's unmistakable. You know, and mainly because of the Leslie speaker, and that was all analog at the time. Yeah, so and these, they, these guys would have these incredible. You look at the keyboard players, you know, like Keith Emerson's or the John Lord, you know, back in the day, and these guys would just have banks and banks of keyboards. You know, Rick Wakeman, and that's what they had to yeah. deal with at the time. And then MIDI came along, and everything's digitized, and now you have libraries of sounds. Amazing, you know. Yeah, a funny thing, and I could be wrong on this, but I remember reading that the the original idea of MIDI was to be able to have synths connected together so that they could be layered because back in the day, back in those days with those analog synths and a lot of the other keyboards, I mean, you only have two hands. So you can only play so many uh, instruments at the same time and layer so many sounds to create, you know, different uh, 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 textures and, and timbres and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I know that with the uh, analog synths, you know, they had the, the, the uh, control voltage uh, that would, uh, you know, they'd be able to control certain, certain synths that way. I know that with, like, analog sequencers and stuff like that, they would use that. Uh, but it's, it, was, it was very primitive, very primitive from what I remember reading. Uh, and they, it, was, it, it took a lot. Sometimes they had to do uh, multiple uh, recordings in order to layer, like if it was a studio project, in order to layer those sounds together to get the desired sound. But then playing it live was difficult to do because you only have two hands and you're trying to get all those instruments layered. It's kind of hard. <laughs> so MIDI 
made that a lot easier because you could set each instrument to a specific channel and those instruments they could be layered on the same channel pick those patches and you're ready to go and you got the sound you want so and and then of course it, it they add, they threw in uh sequencers to to that and they realized oh we can control these instruments digitally and create patterns and have those play granted the sequencers at the time didn't they weren't like a, a, a digital audio workstation where you can record basically a performance uh it would be just patterns similar similar to like the old analog uh sequencers but very you know it, it really really uh made life easier for musicians uh and mainly uh keyboardists because that's with the original intent of it being just to layer sounds and just how it evolved from there is incredible yeah i have to say i've always been very jealous of uh keyboard players having that ability to just you know instantly call up all these different sounds now with the guitar and the bass they they've had in the last 15 years effects pedals that are digital where you can do presets and pull up sounds and whatnot but the last couple of years, it's really gone to the next level. You have, yeah. um, like, you know, like you have uh, what's called impulse responses, which are basically mm -hmm. samples of cabinet sounds, all different uh, brands' cabinets and amplifiers. And what they've done is they've taken different microphones at different locations and distances and different rooms and whatnot, and they've they've digitally recorded what these cabinets sound like. And what right. it is, is they're able to they create libraries of wave files. And you have what's called an IR loader, either inside of a pedal box or uh, in your digital audio workstation, where you're able mm -hmm. to pull up these different amp sounds and in post-production, add those sounds to your guitar tracks that you've recorded. And it sounds like you're playing through that amplifier. It's, it's really wow. amazing. It's really, that's really pretty, amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, that's um, really cool. Now, there's different companies that do it. Like, there's one that's really well-known, uh, Own Hammer. They have some really nice ones, really high-quality ones. But I, I found another one. Uh, this is a company called Audio Salt. They're based in Mexico. And uh, they actually, they, they have all that stuff. They have, like, you know, uh, amplifier simulations and whatnot. But, you know, they also have libraries, drum sounds, uh, these impulse responses. And they have a couple applications where you can load them in either for guitar or bass. And uh, right. they're, they're relatively cheap. Like I, I, I purchased the the bass suite. It was like six dollars. It has like the IR responses for the bass, all different cabinets and amps, and it also has a standalone application if you want to just kind of just practice and with the and play around with the sounds. It was like it was like right, six right. six bucks. I mean, you can't beat that. Oh wow! Yeah, that is, yeah. That's that's a that's a steal. <laughs> so yeah, that's AudioSalt.mx. And um, so they have the, the Duality Bass Studio for $6. Right. They have the standalone application also compiled as a VST plugin, which works. I've tried both of them, and they work really well. Now, they also have uh, an IR loader for, for Linux that you can buy that's a little more. I think it was on sale for like 10 bucks. And then they have this uh, – uh, uh, there's another application they have called Reamp that also includes a fairly large suite of IR libraries. For like sixty mm -hmm. bucks, but they offer Linux versions and they work. <laughs> I don't think there's any other commercial uh, vendor that's doing this type of stuff besides them. If there is, I'd like to know. 
please send me an email yes, if, if anybody here. knows <laughs> about it. But Audio Salt on MX has them, so you can go in there. It's not it's not their entire suite of uh, software and libraries that are compiled for Linux, but there's there's a bunch of them that are and they work and they're relatively affordable. Right, right. Oh, that's really cool. That's very cool. I as far I mean I don't know of any other because um, I haven't really looked like uh, some of the commercial stuff uh, and the su- and the support on Linux. Um, I've just mainly stuck to a lot of the open, the free and open source stuff that's been online, um, you know, and that's, like I said, that's rather hit or miss <laughs> depending on some patches. And I know there have been some, um, sound fonts that have been, um, like donated. I want to say they've been donated, uh, just kind of to the community for, uh, music production, Basically, samples of pianos and stuff like that. And some of them are really good. Some of them are really good. Some of them are kind of, um, they're a bit rough around the edges, but a few others are actually pretty good. I, I had them loaded up, and I've just played, you know, just stuff that I've composed. And it's, uh, it's very impressed with the sound. And granted, I, I have really don't have anything else to compare. Like, I know that, um, who's this? There's a, a company that has a lot of this stuff uh give me one sec while you're looking for that the website for uh, odin 2 is www.thewavewarden.com so it's thewavewarden.com you can go there you can download uh packages i think they have debian and ubuntu or uh, just a generic uh, linux one and it's it's really good uh it's vst3 now I I know back in the day uh, VST didn't play really nice with the Linux stuff, but with VST three it's much improved. And in our door you can you put the the VSTs in the right folder and they're completely accessible by our door for the, your different instruments. Whether you're doing a MIDI track for keys, uh, vocals, um, guitar, bass. You can pull up all these VST plugins and they, and they work fairly well. Uh, I know our door also, you can do some, um, some Windows only plugins with Wine. I haven't gotten a chance to play with that yet, but I hear it is usable. Yeah, I tried to do a couple of things like that a few years, a few years ago. Um, cause I did hear that, uh, that the, the VST was starting to support Linux a little more. And I remember at the time with a few of them, I tried doing it with Wine. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really dig too deep with that. Uh, I, I couldn't get it working. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to stick with what I have. Um, but yeah, the, the, the support with the uh, VST has improved quite a bit in the last few years. Uh, I remember there being a time I would look at some of these uh, free, free downloadable uh, VSTs and then to find out that I couldn't use them on Linux. I was like, ah, goodness. <laughs> so, you know, it, I mean, there's the LV2 and, and, and that works pretty well. Um, and I think that was, that came up as a, as an alternative to the VST, I believe. Um, yes. but now that the support is there, I, I know that I can, I remember hearing something about, um, some, some issues if you're using VST, uh, plugins and I don't know if this is true. I just kind of saw it and, and it kind of stuck with me. Uh, certain VST plugins, if you use them and you 
produce, you know, and you, you distribute your music um, for, you know, for monetary purposes or whatever, that I think you have to, I, I don't remember something you had to register or you had to, you had to sort of license it or I don't remember what it was. Uh, so that, that kind of stuff kind of kept me away from it just because I'm not really distributing any for the thing for money, but, um, I, I thought it was kind of weird, but, uh, I don't know. It could be, I, I could be totally wrong on this. Uh, it's just something that I, I remember saying and it just kind of stuck with me. I don't know if you would know anything about that. I have not gotten to that point right now. I am in getting my chops back up, uh, figuring out yeah. some, some songs I want to write and just doing some basic demos of my song ideas. That's what I want to do. So that when I get to a band situation, I could say, here, here's six songs I wrote. What do you think? You know, right. Do you have any you know, complimentary parts and collaborate a little bit? That's where my, my head is right now. Yeah, I'm, I, and I'm like you. I'm trying to get back my chops back and everything. It's been a while since I've actually sat down. Um, just life, life getting in the way. Uh, being able to sit down and even sit down to just practice for a little while. It's, it's been, it's been tough. Um, but you know, trying to do as much as I can in that respect and especially trying to see if I can actually sit down and record some stuff and start creating again. Um, you know, just when life gets in the way, it's just kind of that all that stuff kind of goes in the back burner. <laughs> yep. You gotta do what you gotta do. Pay the bills, feed yeah. the kids, keep everybody happy. Yep. 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 So, now, uh, going talking about our door, um, I remember years ago I had installed our door, and I guess it was a, a bit of, over my head at the time, um, especially as I was trying to familiarize myself with Jack. And since that only, as far as I know, I think it only works with Jack. I could be wrong. Yeah. Sure. Um, On Linux. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. So it was it was uh, it was tough getting all that working for me. So I was like, well, let me just stick with Q Tractor. And the other thing was that at the time it didn't have MIDI support, so it was only audio. It was only digital audio that it dealt with. Um, I installed it recently after you had mentioned it to me, and I said, "Let me give it another whirl and see." Uh, I think on on because I'm running Fedora right now, Fedora 33. So that um, in the repos there, I believe it's Ardor 6.3. Right, that's six, installed. Six is the latest version. Yeah, so that one I. I basically mixed down to that because I was using prior to, to upgrading to 33, I was on 32 and, and previous, there was a, a little application called Jammin, J-A-M-I-N. Yes, I'm familiar I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yep. Yes. It's, it basically, it's a, it's a, a, a mixed down mastering for Jack. And because I could never, for the life of me, get Q-Tractor to export the, 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 the audio correctly it would just freeze and, and and it would sit there and it would take forever and it would always fail that whenever it supposedly finished the out there was nothing there on the file that's um, disappointing so yeah it's very disappointing so i i had to find ways to get around that so what i would do is i would um before i use jammin i i would actually loop the audio back into another track on q tractor and from what i've heard that's a big no-no but it was the only way i can actually get the 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 audio recorded it worked i just had to make sure i didn't um have any of the monitors on because it would feedback like crazy and blow out my ears uh, i learned that the hard way <laughs> um but uh it worked for a time the only thing i noticed is that i couldn't monitor the level so that sometimes the levels would be a bit low um but with jammin i was able to output it and super simple 
uh, I just hit play on Q Tractor, and that just recorded everything into a file, and that file was ready to go. It didn't have to do as anything out of the ordinary. Or as a MIDI? I believe, I believe, no, 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 as a WAV file. As a WAV file. Um, and I think you could tell it to save as MP3, but I, I preferred just the lossless you know, file, and then I would convert it using uh, FFmpeg or whatever. Um, but uh, with Fedora 33, it's no longer in the repos. Um, I wasn't aware that development had stopped a long time ago on that. Uh, so yeah, it was no longer in the Fedora repos and I have the RPM fusion repos as well. So none of them had it in there. So I was like, well, let me see if I can do it with Ardor. So I, I threw in Ardor and I had, uh, uh, Jack, uh, route the, the, uh, audio from Q tractor into Ardor and it went ahead and recorded just fine. So I had, I had uploaded something there to, uh, I'm on Macedon, uh, so I had uploaded uh, what I did uh, on thir- uh, on Thursday. I uploaded it there, and I put it on my SoundCloud page as well, um, and it worked really well. Now I I was impressed with it. it. was It was a lot easier to use, but it could also be that I'm a lot more familiar with Jack and and the routing, the Jack routing uh, now than I was before. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so. I, I want to play a little more with it, and if it works for MIDI, I may go ahead and migrate from Q Tractor to that. Right. Um, but I'd have to play around with it some more and see, because uh, if it's if the MIDI implementation on that for doing sequencing and stuff like that has improved, it's if it's worth it, I'm I'm definitely moving over because Q Tractor it's nice, it's simple, right, but right. it's it's just there's a a, a few there, there's a few roadblocks there that that. Are, are a bit frustrating for me and you know i wish i wish they would fix that and you know maybe throwing you know maybe uh, sending a, a bug report or something i don't know or, or a feature request uh would help but um you know that's that all depends down the road you know when they actually implement it i, I just need something to work for me now um and ardor is there uh it's a little more pro than than q tractor um, so I might as well give that one a shot. If it works, yeah, that's where I mean, I'm going. Listen, like I, I've seen some of these, these doors, these commercial doors, and honestly, the interfaces are so similar. It's not even funny. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty standard. You think about what you're doing. You're just mimicking, you know, uh, it's a, it's a digital mixing board. Basically you're being able right. to pull, pull in your effects, your compression, your EQ, whatever, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah, no, and I, 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 I did hear you mention Carla a few times uh, right, during right. the uh, TLLTS shows. Uh, so I actually have that installed. I hadn't really used it. I kind of forgot about it. Um, but I, I fired it up the other day, and I was like, ah, yes. I, I And I remember that there's basically a rack to just have all your soft synths in. Right. And it's, then just kind of route everything there. It's a basically a front end for Jack, really. and. You can you can like when I when I downloaded the Odin two uh, synth uh, that's what I, I I fired it up for initially through Carla, and it worked right away. It was pretty simple, you know. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna try and see if I can rework everything and just use Carla for that. Because uh, right now I'm loaded you, with Q Tractor. I go ahead and I load in the soft synths through there, so it loads them up and uh, you know they're just kind of floating there. Uh, it gets a little cluttered if there's too many of them. So, you know, if you, having them in basically a virtual rack is a lot cleaner and inside one application. So I know which one I need to control. It's all there. I don't have to go fumbling through different windows. 
uh, trying to find which one's the correct uh, software synth that I need to, right. uh, you know, kind of play with the filter on the fly or whatever. Uh, yeah, that, that can get a little frustrating. So I'm going to play with Carla and see if that can kind of clean up that for me and make it a little more uh, seamless. Right. In, in our door, uh, I was able to go in there Hook up my little uh, Kai uh, MIDI keyboard, you know, little tiny thing with the USB connection. And right. uh, I was able to pull in the Odin 2 as a VST plugin, and I was able to record some sounds, you know, tracks. I was able to do it. It's fairly straightforward. I was very impressed. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check it out. I have I actually I would like to get some of my actual synths run through as well, but I'd have to invest in a mixer for that. Um, I'll have to see down the road if that's something I, I, uh, I can do. And it's a matter of space as well. Uh, I have, a a Kawhi K4, uh, which was my first synth that I got many years ago and I still have it there. It's, it's in storage right now in the closet. Um, but that one had some really good sounds that I liked messing with. And, uh, if I can throw those also, um, into my music, uh, creation process, that would be great. I have, um... My Yamaha S08, uh, which is a, an 88 key weighted synth. So this is really where I do most of my work because of the fact that it feels like an actual piano. Right, um, right. But, you know, the, and the sounds it has are great. I haven't actually gone in and, and tried to uh, mess around with any of the patches uh, on this. Uh, just basically just using it as a, as a controller at this point. Uh, and working with all the soft synths, but I would like to get back to having those hardware synths integrated along with some of the soft synths because I, I've, I've found a, a few of the K4 patches uh, that you can use with, uh, or basically with sound fonts. They have them as sound fonts, um, and I don't like them at all. I don't like them at all. Uh, I, they're, they're, they kind of remind me of what the sounds were like, but they're not exactly as I remember them on the original K4. So I'd rather have the original being run through and controlled through MIDI than using those sound fonts uh, because they just they just can't compare. They, they don't compare to the, to the original thing. Um, but now possibly something like Odin 2 may be able to <laughs> handle that, but uh, yeah, I mean, if I've got the real thing, I might as well use it. Exactly, and it's, it's actually nice the more the better, you know, to be able to integrate whatever, you know, into your sound is, it's great. And that's what you want. You want to have options. Exactly. So, and yeah, I mean, I'm also looking at a, a couple of hardware upgrades. Uh, like I said, I just got those two, uh, hard, uh, those two, uh, SSDs, uh, that I purchased. Um, one of them is going into my laptop. The other one's going into my desktop. Uh, so that should, improve performance as far as you know maybe less x runs uh when uh when working uh when doing some of the midi stuff and and the recording uh, more ram helps of course of course uh, but having a solid state uh drive uh definitely speeds helps. up the process it speeds up the process it should make things uh, a little more fluid my my machine is an old machine here this thing's got to be at least 6 years old now it, it seems to be holding up doing the stuff in our door okay um i noticed there's a little latency like when i if i'm, I'm plugging in a, a guitar or a bass into my I, my uh my behringer usb i have the the euphora umc 404 hd external mm -hmm. input 
And and that's pretty nice. Uh, the latency is really low. It, it works really well with Linux. So a lot of the Behringer stuff in general works well with Linux. Um, I was originally going to get the, the, the two-channel model, the 202, but they discontinued it, and uh, I can only get the four-input four one, which is okay, which is fine. You know, I can do right. uh, stereo, uh, or do record the stereo, guitar tracks. I can have another mic, a couple of mics plugged in and do vocals. Um, I could have my, my bass going in direct line. Ba- bass, bass tends to actually sound fairly good direct with no preamp or anything, but it's nice that if you got a preamp to beefing up the sound. And also these IR libraries for bass, there's actually some really good ones. I was playing around with that, uh, that dual, duality, uh, bass, uh, setup and uh-huh. I was, I was getting some freaking great bass sounds. He had, he had, like, oh, that- he had like um, some like samples of like um, Marshall, like a like 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 a little grungy sounding, like a little heavy sounding. And right. I was, I was using some Ampeg and an SVT uh, cabinet IR, and it, was, it sounded freaking awesome. I was getting really good sound, and you know, with, with just you know my, my cheapy three hundred fifty dollar PV bass, and I, I was very impressed. I, you know, I tweaked it, I put a little compression on it put some chorus on it and it sounded really good i was very impressed nice nice yeah you got to sample some of that <laughs> i will as soon as <laughs> to, I, take so, a listen as soon as i have you know some songs completed I'll, I'll share definitely yeah i have some stuff on on that i've done throughout the years um on soundcloud um what's, i could uh send you the link around? read it out let's hear uh it. Let me go to the profile so I can get the actual okay, link. Okay, <laughs> where you're looking, um, we're talking about hardware. One of, one of the companies that is really, really impressed right now is uh, moddevices.com. Uh, basically, what, what it is, it's a, it's a German company. I think the guy who's CEO is this Italian guy. And they're based out of Berlin. And what they've done is they crowdsourced their, their, their devices. Uh, so far, they had two. They had the Mod Duo, and then the Mod Duo X, and now the Mod Dwarf is coming out. And the way they're marketing these things as guitar effects units, but they're not just that. They're way more than that. They're basically in, embedded Linux computers, okay, on processors, okay, and it has a ton of effects, uh, cabinet simulations, amplifiers. Um, different distortions, different delays and reverbs, but they also have uh, synth, synth software synths, you know, all the ones that we know. Right. And they also have sequencers built into the freaking thing. So this, these, these stomp boxes, you could basically, uh, you can use two devices at the same time. Say you can do like a guitar or a synth or a guitar and a bass or a bass and a synth or a vocal and a synth at the same time. And it's amazing to have all these different plugins. They have like a, uh, you can go into their store and download all these different patches and plugins. And it's basically an open platform based on Linux, a commercial device. And there's professional musicians using them. And they're really amazing. Go on YouTube if you get a chance and, and look up the, the Mod Duo, the Mod Duo X, and the Mod Dwarf. And just check out some of the things that people are doing with these devices, and really, really, really freaking impressive that that they've basically built a commercial product based on Linux, pretty much completely. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the website right now. It's it's uh, it, it's a pretty impressive device. Um, I hear you talking about this, and uh, this reminds me of a synth that came out, I think, I want to say early 2000s or maybe mid-2000s. A synth that came out, I don't remember who the manufacturer was, but it was a Linux synth. It ran Linux um, and it, it was a, a, a full synth with the keys and everything. I just cannot remember the name. That's and okay. I was trying to do, I was trying to, I was trying to do a search for it right now. But of course, I do Linux synths, and I got a bunch of the software synths. As a matter of fact, I ended up, I ended up coming onto this site uh, as while well, I was searching, uh, searching for Linux synths, and it's called LinuxSynths.com, and it's got basically shows a, a bunch of software synths. Uh, that you can use on Linux or, you know, any other, uh, I guess, I guess these would work on any other platform as well if they support uh, them as a plugin. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, Correct. there's yep. one called 4OSC, there's the also modular synth, AM synth, Beatzil, uh, Borderlands, a bunch, and that's just in the A's. I mean, it's a whole list. So it's, that one's linuxsynths.com, all one word, so... So yeah, Linux since one word, dot com. Yeah, so that that mod device, you know, it's it's an ARM process based device. Everything has to be compiled for the platform. Now, right. I was I was going in looking in their store. They have a bunch, a ton of free stuff in their store for plugins and and different things, and all the stuff that we know that we've been talking about, you know, Zin you know, Zin synth, and uh, they're all in there. You uh, uh, Racker uh, Guitar X. Plugins, Racker, Racker X, whatever. Yeah, they're all in there, but they but they also have some commercial vendors supporting them. This is one company called Fair, F A I R, and they have a bunch of stuff that you can purchase when you when you have those devices that are like professional level stuff. Now there are other vendors that do this kind of thing. Uh, for instance, um, there's the Line Six Helix. I was looking at that, and that's a, a pretty expensive device. It's like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars in that range, uh-huh. and it kind of does the same kind of stuff. You know, they have it's their own proprietary setup, but you can pull in like third-party IR libraries for the for the guitar stuff, and but they don't have any of the synthesizer stuff that the mod stuff has, and right. the, the mod you can also use that for vocals, bass. I mean. It's it's really really freaking impressive. Yeah, no, the, just the way things have developed, uh, not just for supporting Linux, but hardware running Linux under the hood for music production is just been impressive. I mean, and we, this this other one is just one more of those. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, you know, Line Six or one of these other companies, Torpedo, whatever, Two Notes, all that stuff could be Linux under the hood, and we just don't know about it. For all we know, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. And like you said, we don't know, we're not aware. Uh, and yeah, they could be using some some form of Linux uh, under the hood. Yeah, or libraries or whatever, you know, different layers, you know. But the mod people are very open. They're, they're, they're Linux guys, they're a Linux company, you know. But if you go on and look at the people that are using your devices, uh, guy, guy from King Crimson's using it, a couple other wow. real, real big bands. Go, if you look on their website and look at the artist list, you'll see who's using their stuff. It's it's professional people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very impressive. Very yes. impressive. So uh, I'm looking to get my hands on, on the dwarf box when it comes out. It's supposedly coming out in February. 
it did an mm-hmm. indie, indie go go for it, and uh, that's what I want to try next. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm still trying to find out what that synth was, and it was it was a it was a, it was a synth that was open source. And it ran Linux under the hood, if I'm not mistaken. But I can't. I even went to Google. I was doing DuckDuckGo, but <laughs> I, re- I remember this. I, re- I I definitely remember what you're talking about. Let me see. I'm still trying to find it, but yeah. no, I'm I'm giving up. I'm giving up. <laughs> I hear you. it's okay. So yeah, so you know, a, a lot of this stuff has progressed so much. It's it's pretty usable at this point. I mean. You know, people tend to use what works for them and they stick with it. You know, they don't jump around too much, but why not? I mean, if if, if it works, use it, you know? Like, I, I play... No, with, absolutely. But it, but all this, is it's, it's, it's mature to the point where it's actually usable. Now, going forward, I, I know uh, Linux, they're looking to get rid of, like, um, uh, Jack and, uh, uh, you know, all, all the different old sound services. They're talking about this new uh, version called Pipes, I think they're calling it. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. Uh, it's called Pipewire. Uh, it's, uh, I'm on the page right now, and it says, Pipewire is a project that aims to greatly improve handling of audio and video under Linux. Uh, it's basically going to give... It, the, the, the idea of this is to finally give Linux audio the... the you know the love that it needs, the 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 importance that it definitely needs. Because I mean, for the past I don't know how many years, uh, audio on Linux has been a disaster, and even to this day, it can be a disaster. <laughs> uh, so, like for example, if you wanna, let's say you run Jack, the minute you run Jack, you lose sound on every other application that doesn't support I know, Jack. I know. So, uh, like I'll have Firefox running, and I'll fire up Jack. That's it. No sound from anything on Firefox. Until I quit Jack, and then it starts routing through uh, uh, through Pulse Audio. Pulse Audio was supposed to be the savior for audio uh, on Linux, and while it has done, it has improved things on on the Linux side uh, for audio. Uh, it's it's mainly just for general usage. I haven't seen anything where it's used for um, any musical creation or musical, you know, sound routing or anything like that. Um, like like Jack would do, and uh, Pipeware seems to aim for kind of both because it says here uh, it provides a low latency graph based processing engine on top of audio and video devices that can be used to support use cases currently handled by both Pulse Audio and Jack. So I I, I know that it's in uh, Fedora right now because I by chance really? came to notice that's in there. How it's being used, I don't know. I'm still bouncing between Jack and, and, and Pulse Audio, so I don't know how Pipewire fits in all of that. I think um, what it's supposed to do is replace everything and just be one layer. Because right now, we've basically got three layers going. And it looks to simplify it so that's a single layer. And by doing that, it'll make things much simpler and maybe even cut down on, on you know, the latency of it, too, because you, you don't have to go through three layers. You're only going to be going through one directly. Right. Yeah, because right now we've got what? We have uh, Pulse Audio, Alsa, uh, Jack. Jack, and, you know, some applications use GStreamer, and, uh, yeah. So if they can simplify the process to where the other platforms are at, I'm all for that. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. 
Now, I know with our door, there is one primary developer. It's this guy, Paul Davis. We interviewed him on TLLTS. And he he asked that people, if you use it regularly, do a subscription model with them where you, you pay yes. him either a yearly subscription or a monthly subscription. So I, I've done that in the past, and I plan on doing that soon too. start paying him because that's all he does, you know, dedicated. And right. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's open for uh, people to suggest, you know, request tickets to donate money to get things, certain things implemented, you know, to improve MIDI. I know if you watch uh, Unfa, U-N-F-A, dude on, uh, I don't know if he's Italian or German or whatever, but he's on, um, he's on YouTube. He's, he's a Linux guy and he's a musician. And he does a lot of tutorials with our door and other uh, Linux-related free and open-source applications for audio production. Yes, I, I've, I've seen him. I've seen him a, f- a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he, he talks about what, what are the weaknesses, what needs to improve. So if, if this is something you want, you know, shoot Paul Davis from our door an email. Ask him. If you're willing to kick in some money, I'm sure he'll take it and work to get that implemented. Yeah, I'm going to look into that too. Um, I, I'm going to try and see if I can play some more with Ardor uh, to um, just to get familiar with it, and and, and um, you know if I can use it for both audio and MIDI, then for sure I'll definitely be looking at at uh, you know throwing some money his way <laughs> for the support. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, if that's all he's working, I mean, you know, he's doing all of this. It's an it's a it's an open source project. Uh, you know, they. I mean, it's free, but it, you know he's he's got to pay bills too, and and you know all this stuff. The more the, you know, if it's a the more you can give to donate to to help these projects, the better, and it, and it keeps them going. Right. I mean, I prefer open, you know, but a, there are closed vendors like like that Audio Soul company in Mexico. Yeah. At least they're providing a commercial option, right? No, and that's and that's great. I think that's great. Uh, I personally don't have a problem with that. Uh, if they if they provide support, I think there's a, a another application that is actually uh, closed source that um, I'm trying to remember the name. Um, I, I don't know if it's a sequencer or something, but it's 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 not Reactor. It's the Reactor is the Native Instruments one. And that's what I was looking at earlier uh, for soft for like soft synths and stuff like that uh, uh, to compare the, the commercial ones. That's one of the commercial ones. Um, Reaper, that's the name. Right, of it. right. Reaper. Heard of Reaper. Yep. Reaper. Yep. That one, it's a closed source application, but it's available for Linux. And I personally don't have any problems with that. They're supporting no, Linux. They're they're providing support for Linux. I think that's great. Um, stuff that you wouldn't have seen. Not even in the last five years, uh, you know, I know. Uh, and, and it's great to see that, uh, you know, it, some people may have issue with it being a, a closed source application. You know, it that is what it is. They don't, you know, they don't have to use it, but exactly. uh, it's there. It's, it's there an and, it's, and it's good. It's good that they're supporting the Linux community that way. I agree. 100%. Open and free is better, but closed commercial, that can exist too. And that's fine. Yeah. And sometimes if it's, if it's an option that works for you and it's better, um, then yeah, I mean, I, I would say use it. Uh, hopefully that you know that it it would push uh, some of the the open source uh, uh, options to kind of uh, push a little more, you know, to kind of uh, bring in certain features like that and kind of improve their end. Um, 
you know, but you know, it, it depends. It depends. It depends on the developer. It depends on on the people. You know, on, on whether anybody's using it. Like for example, Jammin. I thought it was great, but you know, if it's not being developed, it's what good is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, it's got to be usable, and people have to use it. Correct. Well, we're coming up around forty-five minutes, Claudio. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's great, great scene where Linux audio is currently. Same here, man. It's, Same it seems, here. This seems was to fun. Be at a, a good place. It's heading in the right direction, and perhaps we can do this again in the future after we have a little more experience. You know, getting more recordings done, working with our door, working with the different synths, and uh, you know, we can circle back and, and talk about different topics again. I appreciate it. Thanks. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks uh, for uh, for making this happen. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we can uh, kind of discuss uh, what we've been doing and uh, how we've been using these tools uh, and and how they've um, how they've progressed and developed and matured and, and evolved uh, to how they are today. Uh, so definitely look forward to the next one. Absolutely. Thank you, Claudia. I appreciate it. Take care. But I don't speak to you, you before too. Christmas. You. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, same to you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.